Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you have been kind to us. We thank you that you have been good to us. We thank you for your mercies which are new every morning. We thank you that you prepare a table before us, even in the presence of our enemies. We thank you that the lines are falling into us in pleasant places. We thank you for your love. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for liking us. We thank you for choosing us. We thank you for preferring us. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow, we thank God for yet another night, another day to have a discussion with God through the pages of Scripture. And as we always say that as long as God has qualified us to see another day, as long as God has qualified us and taught it wise that we should leave, to see another 24 hours, we are humbled and we will continue to give God our very best. We will make sure that we will work the works of Him who has qualified us to see another day while we have the opportunity to do so. Because definitely there's a night season that will be coming where we will not be able to wait. So tonight, we had, on the back of our discussion we started, we had last week, we did a series titled Get Up and Finish It. And Ending that series, we said that we're going to start another very long series, a topic that God has been teaching us and God wants us to share. But as I was just pondering over it for the week, um, I just felt that I want to give a more balanced time at the back of the word of faith that God gave us in our last series. Also that this word we preach, he says the word of faith we preach, and God was encouraging us but our previous series, God was building our faith up that whatever vision, whatever thing that he has laid upon our hearts, we are going to build it in this year. Whatever that we are supposed to do in this year, we would accomplish it in this year. We are not taking anything that we should finish in this year to the next year. And I just want to give a balance that because I noticed that almost always, faith never stands alone. Faith has a brother that it always, almost goes with. And just at the back of that, I thought that Instead of starting a new series, let us just have this one to complete the meal for us. And that's what we titled tonight's discussion, Build with Patience. God has encouraged us to build. Remember Ezra chapter 6 verse 14, that the Jews continue to build and they prophesied and they finished it according to the decree of God, the command of Cyrus, of Darius, and Artaxerxes. God wants us to finish the project. That's why God told us that we should get up and finish it. But there's something that as a virtue is always, almost linked with faith. And I just feel impressed upon my heart to talk about that virtue. Because many a times we can get frustrated after hearing the word of faith. Most often the next thing is, what might do next after this word of faith? And that's what God wants to give us to us. So let's go to James chapter 1, verse 3. Let's start from the verse 2. It's a scripture that many of us... At least we know the verse 2 that we can quote. It says, My brethren, Mr. James is speaking to us. He says, Count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Now, in our second episode of Get Up and Finish It, we look at the various challenges that will come our way. The challenges of people pretending to be with us when they are not really for us. The challenges of accusations. 
the challenges of lies when people try to weaken your hand with discouragement who will bring up your past against you so you say that count it all joy when you are going through all such goliaths and mountains why should we count it all joy he says knowing this there should be a knowing and one day god will do a series on the things god wants us to know says knowing this that the trial of your faith worketh patience but let patience have a perfect work that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So, in your times, the faith message we hear seems as though faith is everything that we need. And it's true, because without faith, it's impossible to please God. But James is giving us an extra information that your faith must be tried. And the end result of the trial of your faith is not faith, but it is what we call patience. So, faith itself is a means to an end. And the end of the workings of your faith is patience. So patience is simply a faith that is tried, according to James chapter 1, verse 3. Patience is faith that is tried. That is why almost always faith would go with patience. You remember in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 12, the writer of Hebrews encouraging us, he says, Do not be slothful, my dearly beloved, but be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. So the people inherited the promise. It was not just their faith that caused them to inherit the promise, but their patience also. Because sometimes when you read Chronicles of Hebrews 11, by faith Moses did this, by faith Abraham did this, by faith um, Gideon, by faith Jacob, by faith what we call the heroes of faith. But Hebrews is letting us know that it was not only faith that they used to obtain the promise, but patience and patience is always an underlining factor that we mostly miss out on. So if you want to know the faith of Abraham, look at how patient he was with God. If you want to know the faith of Moses, look at how patient he was with God. If you want to know the faith of Mr. Noah in taking 120 years in building the ark, look at the things or look at how patient he was with God. Patience is the proof of your faith. So, using the scenario of a farmer, when a farmer goes to sow a seed, he has faith in the seed that when this seed falls to the ground and dies, it will bring forth much fruit. But that faith must be tested by patience. So, every day he wakes up, he goes to water the, the soil where he plants his seed. For the first few days, he will see nothing. But his faith is being tried. And because of his continual persistence in watering, applying manure, one day he goes to the land and he sees something burning from the ground and he doesn't just stop over there he continues to apply some things so what is he doing that is what we call the workings of his faith after a number of years or months depending on the type of, of seed it was you begin to enjoy the fruits so if you want to know the faith of this farmer look at how patient he was with the seed to grow so james is telling us that the workings of your faith would produce patience. And if only would allow patience to have a work, we would be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So actually, patience is what makes a man a perfect and a complete man. Faith starts the journey, and faith must be worked through a mechanism. And when faith is matured, it gives birth to what we call patience. In other versions, like we say, endurance. Some versions say long-suffering, and that's what we call patience. So patience is simply the work or the end result of the workings of your faith. An untried faith 
is an ineffective thing. That is why there will always be Goliaths to fight. That is why there will always be obstacles to fight. Because these obstacles prove your faith. Abraham waited for that too long, 25 years, proved his faith. And this is the interesting thing about God. After Abraham had proved or supposedly proved himself, God woke up one day, not woke up literally, and went to Abraham and said, Abraham, go and give me your son, your only son, the one whom you love. And after all that thing happened, God made a statement and he said, Abraham, now I know. And my point is that, so for the last 27 to 25, and I'm sure Isaac was around 12 years, if I'm getting it correct. So for about 30-something years, this guy has been working with you. But God now knew when Abraham was about to sacrifice Isaac, there was when that God now knew. And honey, look at the process God took Abraham through. Don't think you are going to be exempted. Your faith is going to be tried. That is why you must get up and finish it. Because there are things that are going to try your faith. There are distractions, there are delays, there are denials. There will be more than enough good reasons for you to halt that project. There will be things that will weaken your hand and shake you up. But because your faith is being tried, you will build and you will accomplish it. And God will say, now I know. So getting up is a proof that indeed you believe in the word of God. But tonight, what God is saying that in building, you need to build with patience. Build with patience. And actually, this is from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. The scriptural thing is run with patience. But this time, we are not running. We are building the vision that God has given to us for the year 2022. We are building the vision that God has given for our lives. We are building the dream that God has for us, those two dreams that God has given to us, we are going to build it. And God is saying that many a times we think it's only faith we need to build. But what we actually need is patience. Build with patience. Let's look at Revelations chapter 13, verse 10. Just something to buttress that faith almost always goes with patience. It says, Revelations 13, verse 10, He that leadeth into captivity shall also go into captivity. He that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. The last sentence is, Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Faith almost always goes with patience. And that is what we call the workings of your faith. How patient you are to achieve or to receive that which God has promised you. Build with patience. So to just go through this topic, we'll be perusing Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3, 1 to 4. And that will be all for tonight as God encourages us on the final piece to build it. Hebrews chapter 12, the verse number 1 to verse 3, it says, Wherefore, seeing also that we are encompassed about, we so great a cloud of witness. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does easily beset us, and let us run with patience. The race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest he be weary and faint in your minds. Wow. That's with the verse 3 again. I just love it. God is really encouraging us. He says, For consider him that endured, that suffered long, 
that was patient with the contradiction of sinners against himself. Consider Jesus. And when you consider him, you will not be faint and weary in your mind. We thank God for the past questions to life. That is the Bible. So we want to peruse the scripture under the light of building with patience. What does it mean to build with patience? Hebrews 12 verse 1, the first thing it says that, Wherefore, seeing that you are also encompassed about, we so great a cloud of witnesses. The first thing that you must realize in building with patience is that your life may advance in the stadium of your life. You know, just recently, because of COVID, a time came that football had to be played what they call behind closed doors, where supporters could not go to the stadium. And you should see, I watched several documentaries, and you see how teams that their home ground was literally a ground that an away team can never win. Not because they play good football necessarily, but because of their fans, their supporters in the stadium. So generally, one mark of a good team, one mark of an excellent team, is that their home ground is a fortress. And what makes their home ground a fortress is their supporters and their fans. Some people call it the 12 man. And if you are a sports person, especially for football, you appreciate how powerful the influence of supporters in the stadium are. Sometimes, especially when it's a very a derby or a final. Okay, most finals are not played in the home stadium. But imagine a derby, a crucial team, two big teams. Immediately you get or your team gets them all. And imagine about 80,000 people shouting your name. It just gives you some sort of energy. And imagine you're in the opposing team and 80,000 people are booing you. It can just cripple you and you begin to shake like a leaf. So in football, they never underestimate the importance of their supporters. And God is letting us know that in building with patience, we must realize that there are supporters, there are fans in the stadium of your life, which he calls the cloud of witness. A cloud of witness. He said, a great cloud of witness. In building with patience, you must know that you have supporters that are beckoning on you, that the vision that God has for your life, the dream that God has for you, cheer on and build it, regardless of the oppositions, regardless of the seemingly scarcity in resources, regardless of how worse the economy is, regardless of how big your giants are. Remember that you have supporters behind you. So there was a famous Champions League final where a team was down by four goals or three goals. And in the second half, the team came to overtake, I think, by 4-3. One of the greatest football finals. And you could see how important their fans were in cheering them up. About 80,000 people screaming your name. It's like you just feel like you're on top of the world. When you get the ball, you can do almost everything. And God is letting us know that in building with patience, the first thing you must know is that there is what we call a great cloud of witness that are cheering on you. You cannot afford to disappoint this great cloud of witness. And one thing that always cheers footballers up is when they see their family or their loved ones in the stadium or in the in the stands cheering them up. It gives them some power, some 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 ability. And God is saying that never lose sight of the fact that the people we talked about in Hebrews 11, they are cheering you up. That is why you cannot afford to give up. That is why you cannot afford to live a very passive life. That is why you cannot afford to abandon that projects that God has given you. So wherefore, seeing that we are encompassed by so great a cloud of witness, 
Yeah, cloud of witness that sharing you all. Let us see that we have walked where you are walking. And by the blood of the lamp and by the word of the testimony, we have overcome. So you can also overcome. You can also fulfill that dream. Mr. Joseph is cheering us on that I went through slavery. I went through the prison. I was lied upon. Potiphar lied against me. I was forgotten, but I still held on to God's word. I still believed God. And one day, I slept as a prisoner. And the next morning, the whole of Egypt was under my feet. Remember this thing, that there are great cloud of witness that are cheering you on. When it seems like there is no reward for living a Christian life, remember that there is a great cloud of witness that are cheering you on. When you feel like compromising, when you feel like taking in a wrong turn, when you feel like just letting loose, remember there is a great cloud of witness. So wherefore, see also, that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness. He said, what should we do? So the first thing is to remember that there's a cloud of witness. Secondly, is that lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets you. There are two things we should lay aside. The things that are weights and the things that are sins. He says we should throw off everything that hinders you and everything that does not help you in building the vision that God has forgiven to you. So sin hinders you. Sin kills you. Remember in Paul, he said that when sin is fully birth, or when sin, when sin fully grows, it gives birth to death. So there are two things that we should take note of in our life. There are things that kill us, and there are things that do not help you. So it's like, for uh, the, the clearest example I can think of is, I have to use my background as a science person. When I talk about antibiotics, there are two things that antibiotics can do. Most of us think that antibiotics necessarily kill bacteria, which they do, but not all of them do that. Some of them, they hinder the growth of the organism. They store the growth. They stop the organism from growing. Some kill them and some stop them. And Paul is letting us know, or the right of Hebrews is letting us know that sin would hinder and kill you, but weight would not help you. So many a times we focus on the things that kill us, which we must focus on. But do not also neglect that there are many things that are not helping you to build the vision that God has given to you. So it is not just the sin that you must let go, but it's any other thing that does not contribute towards the building of the vision that God has for your life. So that thing may not necessarily be a sin, but it is slowing you down. That thing may not necessarily be a sin, but you don't need it in the journey of life that God has for you. So the common example is Lot and Abraham. Lot's presence in Abraham's life was not necessarily a sin, but Lot was hindering, was stalling what God had for Abraham. So there's this portion of scripture that immediately Lot and Abraham separated. The next thing is that and God appeared to Abraham and said, look as far as your eyes can see, so God was just waiting for the weight of Lot to be separated from Abraham before he could tell that Abraham, look as far as your eyes can see. And God is reminding us that there are certain things that you don't need in life towards building that life that for you. And you must throw those things off. You must throw the things that you are engaged in that are not needed in building the life that God has for you. That's the second thing. He says, one, be conscious of the fact that you have supporters in the stadium of your life. Two, throw away things that hinder you 
and throw away things that do not help you, things that do not contribute towards the building of the vision that God has for you. And the third thing he says, let us run. You must run. The writer didn't say, let us walk confidently. The writer didn't say, let us um, 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 crawl confidently. He said, let us run. And let us run. Speed is an advantage in life. You see, many businesses are built on speed. In fact, many businesses strive on speed. What will make you prefer one company or one brand over another brand is how fast they can offer their service to you. So, for example, internet service providers. Everybody will prefer an internet or a telecommunication network that has a faster internet service. So, by the mere fact that your internet service is faster, people would prefer you over the other. Why would somebody prefer this particular restaurant over you, another restaurant? They may all have the same quality of meal, excellent chef. But if it takes you one hour before you can get your meal, and somebody is able to give me that same meal in 30 minutes, everybody will go for the faster one. So speed is an advantage. And many Christians are failing to realize that God has called us to run. We are too lackadaisical in life. We are too passive in life. People are flying. And we are taking things slow. We must appreciate the fact that time is a precious commodity that we will regret if we do not use wisely. So he says, run, run with the vision. Run with the vision, Habakkuk. He says, write the vision down that he who sees it may run. God is telling you, stop taking your time to build. Whatever vision he has for you, God is saying, run with it because speed is an advantage. That is why there are many sporting disciplines that give an award based on speed. How fast you can achieve something. Speed is an advantage. Speed is an advantage. So you see, many times we think patience means slowness. Patience means um, um, slow and patience win the race or however they say. But God is letting us know that speed is what makes the difference. So even in the science community, whenever somebody comes up with a, a research paper, for an invention. They are always in a hurry to put it out there first so that they can patent it. So in the law or in the rules of regulating patenting, is the person who brings his own out first, who is giving, so you may have discovered the thing first. But if someone was able to include, steal your idea and bring it out first and come to patent it first, it is him who gets the credit. So even in the scientific world, in publishing of articles, speed is key. Because what I, the idea you have thought about, somebody has also thought about that idea. So you may be in Australia, somebody in, in China has the same idea and is working on the same experiment with the same hypothesis. And you don't have the whole time to gradually come and patent your products before you realize somebody else has gone ahead of you. So the idea is not what really that distinguishes people. It is speed. That distinguishes people because just as God causes the rain and the sun to shine on both the wicked and the righteous, God gives ideas. Ideas come to everybody. So for all you know, Facebook, three people thought about Facebook, three different people. But I think Mark Zuckerberg, if I'm right, he was the first to come up with the idea. So speed is key. And in building, we must appreciate that you don't have all time. And Jesus was always conscious of time. Because he knew that he needed to execute whatever he had to do speedily, speedily. He said, I will come speedily 
and my reward is in my hand. Jesus told Judas at, at the last supper that what is it? Hurry up, make haste. Whatever you have to do, do it quickly. Do it quickly. And God is saying that stop taking your time in life. You are being too passive. You are being too passive. Run. So even Ecclesiastes, he's saying that the battle is not to the strong. It's not always to the person with strength. Neither is riches to the man of understanding, nor the race to the swift, because of what time and chance. So I did it. Or generally, Hussein Bolt will always win the race. The only instance I will win the race over Hussein Bolt is time and chance. So when the element of time and chance is not in play, Hussein Bolt will always win the race. So unless Hussein Bolt gives a false start or violates a rule, he will always win a gold medal over me in the race because of speed. And this is one thing that we must appreciate, that you don't have all time to daily dally with the vision that God has given you. So remember when we did the parable of the talents, God, what does God require from us? That the, the servants who received the five talents, the Bible said, and immediately, and immediately, he went to trade with the five talents. Stop daily dallying with the vision that God has given to you, because time is of the essence. So he says that, run with patience the race that is set before you. The race that is set before you. Stop running another person's race. Stop looking over your shoulder to see what somebody else is doing. But there's a race that is set before you. There's an agenda. There's a project that God has for you to build. And God is saying in building with patience, you must build what is given to you. So I remember when we were in the university, I think level 100, there was this particular um, lecturer who always has different alternates with exam papers. So even though they're all writing the same questions, the questions are arranged differently. So your number one will be somebody's number 20. Your number 30 will be somebody's number 100. Your number 100 will be somebody's number 200. And almost always, he gets the first years. Because whenever the first years come to school, they don't really know this. So they go to the exam room with no invigilator or very little supervision. And they whisper, tell it number 20, tell it number 30, tell it number 100. And by the time they finish the exams, they realize that, hey, their number one is not the person's number one. And it is too late. Because instead of them focusing on the paper that was set before them, they were looking at another paper. Bringing the same exam and the same scenario as an exam and exams. You can write in the same paper. And for you, the, the answer booklet that I'm giving you is enough. But because you see somebody asking for extra sheets, and now you are worried. You say, hey, I I've written. I can't finish everything. It's like you have two extra pages left. But because somebody's asking for extra paper, you become intimidated. You become scared that maybe you are writing the wrong thing. And as the joke always goes, you'll be the person who wrote the wrong thing the first time, and you have to cancel. That is why you have to go for an extra sheet. But because you are focused on the race, that is set before somebody else. You are unable to be consumed with the race that is set before you. That is why no successful person ever gossips about another person. You will never find a genuinely successful person that gossips. That is why those who are always on social media commenting about everybody and anything, people who have not done anything with life feel like just because they have a platform, just because they have a means, they have the right to comment about everything, hardly ever make it in life. Because the people they are commenting about, they are running the race that is set before them. 
and it's impossible. I just remember the, the recent Olympics at Orion, I think in the USA. There's a particular athlete that forgotten the details. He lost the first place because he turned to look at the person that was next to him. So he was leading the race. But by the time he turned and he brought himself back on his track, somebody had come to overtake him. So that few seconds that he lost due to focusing on another race. And the reason why many of us focus on another race is because we don't know the race that is set before you. The reason why you are so obsessed and intimidated and envious and jealous about somebody else is because you don't know the race that is set before you. So whenever you find yourself envying somebody, whenever you find yourself bitter that somebody is in quotes making it in life, whenever you find yourself jealous or angry or whatever, that somebody is in the U.S., somebody is in this, somebody is doing that, and you are here, is simply an indication that you don't know the race that is set before you. And he said that we run with patience. And I give you a first definition of patience. Patience is the end product of a tried faith. Patience is a long suffering. Patience is enduring the process. Patience is going through the rudiments. Patience is allowing for righteousness sake to be fulfilled. As Jesus told John the Baptist when he came to him to baptize, and John said, actually, you know that you should be baptizing me. Jesus said, it's true, I should baptize you. But for all righteousness sake, just baptize me. That was Jesus being patient. He was enduring being baptized by somebody he should be baptized. He was suffering the humiliation of being a man. Because God becoming man is humiliation. It's, an, it's a massive downgrade. And in building with patience, it's about building through the right process. It's about going through the process that God has set before you. It's about paying the price of trying your faith. Because the delays, the denials, the frustrations, they are simply trying your faith. And that's what we call patience. They are simply trying your faith. They are simply taking you to the mail, taking you to the grind, and they are simply trying faith. So be filled with patience. We do not cut corners in the kingdom of God. We do not violate principles in the kingdom of God. So building with patience was what David understood. That is why even though he had every right in court to kill Saul, because this guy was tormenting his life, David said, how dare I touch the Lord's anointed? What was David exhibiting? Patience. Because even though he knew he was the king of Israel because he saw someone came to anoint him. So David very well knew that he's supposed to be the king. Even Jonathan told him that Ali, the kingdom there, we all know it is yours. But why didn't David kill Saul when he had the opportunity? Because he was patient with God and he was patient in the cave of Adullam, working with the 400 men or 400 people who were in debt, who were depressed, who were lame, who were crippled. That was David building with patience. So you may have the right and the opportunity to slander a particular colleague for that opportunity. You may have the right to do something just to usurp and become or to get the opportunity. But God is saying in this kingdom, even though we are running, even though we do things swiftly, we do it with patience. And I feel like this is God's word to you because sometimes, as I said at the beginning, we become so energized by the word of faith 
we become so filled with confidence that Charlie, we they go make up, we they go blow. But God is saying that we blow with patience. We don't violate rules. You don't have to cheat at work to be successful. You don't have to do a shoddy work to be successful. And that is what happens in Ghana. Almost everybody uses his opportunities, position at work for something illegal. So almost every government leader uses his position, especially those who are like secretaries, because you must pass through them to see their boss. They will take their share of their contracts. Those who are the gatekeepers in government sectors, because they just cannot wait to build their wealth or to build wealth with patience. They always want to collect something small by side because to them, that's the only way they can build or they can gain wealth. But God is letting us know that you are going to build, but you need to build with patience. In whichever field you have, you find yourself in. Doctors, if you know the person does not need cesarean section and the person can deliver to natural birth, there is no need to tell the person that, oh, you need C-section just because you can build the person the most, but you can build the person more. But you know that you will build with patience. You will not overcharge people. You will not overbuild people. If you are a teacher, you will not do a shoddy work and insist that people come for classes. That is not building with patience. But God is saying that you want to build wealth. You want to build generational wealth. But in this kingdom, we build with patience. You want that clientele as a lawyer. You do not go around snitching people and backbiting people and spreading lies and rumors against people. No, you build with patience. If you are a surveyor, you don't go around stealing people's land, stealing people's properties, cutting corners, adding one inch, adding two inches, deceiving people. No, we build with patience. You must build with patience. You must build with endurance. Before God will prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies, you must go through the valley of the shadow of death. You must go through that valley. And many of us don't want to go through the valley. We want to enter into work. And one month, we want to have that car. One month, we want to have that opportunity. One year in government work, and we want to blow. We are not willing to go through the valley of the shadow of death. Therefore, we are not entitled to enjoy God preparing a table before you in the presence of your enemy. So he's saying that, run with patience. The race that is set before you. The next verse is, looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. The one who starts your faith and the one who finishes your faith. Looking unto Jesus. The one who starts your faith and the one who finishes your faith. If you look at the contrary ways, like Papa Peter, you would always sink. If you look at the economy of your country, you will not build. If you look at the state of your job, you ask yourself, whichever profession you are, <laughs> how many billionaires do you know who are in that profession? Or maybe you are what? Now the app guys and the IT guys. But if you are a lawyer, how many billionaires do you know who make money just from being a lawyer? How many people do you know, genuinely, who build from just pursuing law? But God is saying that we do not look at these things. The only thing you are supposed to look at is the person who starts your faith. Because if you look at the, the mountains you have to climb, if you look at the Goliaths you have to fight, you will be discouraged. That is why God never shows us the process. Because when we see the process, we would all run away. If David knew what he had to go through, I'm sure he would have said, God, 
this small king out top, I can't suffer. If Joseph knew, that is why when God was teasing Joseph, he did not show Joseph the slave that he had to become. He did not so show Joseph the prison. He only showed Joseph the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowing down to him. So that all that Joseph needs to do is to keep his eyes on those two dreams. And God is saying that if you are going to build the vision, if you are going to build the, the dream that God has for you, just keep your eyes on Jesus. Because the Goliaths you have to face, the demon possessed souls that you have to fight, you have no idea. But you build with patience. So he says, look on to Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. He said, who for the joy that was set before him. The reason why Jesus went through everything he went through was for the joy of calling you and I brethren. And I always say this, the only reason why we are alive is because of joy. You see, many of us really undermine the power of joy. And joy is a part of the fruit of the Spirit. So if you think people are joyful and not spiritual, we think people are always a calm, cool, and a spiritual, but joy is a characteristic of a spiritual person. The reason why we are laboring, the reason why sometimes we are feeling sleepy, we are tired, but we are still pushing in, we are still giving God our best, is for the joy that we will get when we stand before Him and He says, Good and faithful servant. That is all why we are working. The reason why you are going to school is for the joy of being called an engineer. It's for the joy of being called a lawyer. It's for the joy of being called whatever you are being called. That is why many of us are doing the things we are doing. And the reason why we live is for joy. So no woman is faced by the discomfort she would have to go through in carrying the baby. They are not moved by the vomiting they would vomit or how when they laugh, they start to pee, how their, bo- their body would disform. I said recently, I saw my mate who was pregnant and I didn't recognize him. He says, it is me. I said, no, it is not you. You look nothing like my mate who I know for four years. The pregnancy had changed their face totally. Every, everything about her changed. But women don't mind going through this because of the joy of holding their baby in their arms. And the reason why Jesus went through everything he went through, the reason why he suffered at the hands, the hands of people who betrayed him, people he created, was for the joy of calling you and I brethren. For the joy that is set before you, build with patience. For the joy that is set before you, pay the price. For the joy that is set before you, build with patience, make the sacrifice, Put in the effort. Wake up at dawn. Sleep late at night. Put in the effort. Why? For the joy. Why do parents invest or why do parents forfeit their vision just for their child? Many of us, we don't appreciate our parents. But many of us, our parents had to truncate their vision just to pay our fees. Just to make sure that we are living a comfortable life. Why? For the joy of seeing you being successful for the joy of seeing you being educated, for the joy of seeing you starting your marriage life beautifully. That is why our parents are willing to give up everything for us. Not because they expect you to look at or or take care of them in return, but for the joy. If you see the way a mother is always happy when her daughter is getting married, that is the joy that they live for. And in case it has not dawned on you, 
the only reason why you are hustling hard is for the joy that you will get. So if your whole life aims for money, it's not for the money per se, but it's for the joy that money would give you. So if we are not aware, we are all living for joy. So make sure that every day of your life you are joyful. The day you stop being joyful, that day you have stopped living. So you say that in building, we need to be conscious that we are looking on to Jesus. And then Jesus did something. He said, because of the joy that was set before him, the cross did not shake him. The shame did not move him. And now he's seated at the right hand. So joy gives you the energy to endure the cross and to despise the shame. So on the road to Gethsemane, even though his flesh was weak, even though his skin was torn by people he created, the reason why he did not snap his finger and say, and then God, it is over. It chilled. Me, I said, I'll die. Me, now I'm taking back my words. The only thing that gave God or that, that, that kept Jesus going on was that he thought of you and I. So the songwriter says, he took the form and he thought about you. So as the nails were piercing through his arms and the pain was excruciating, the only thing he had in mind was the joy of seeing me and you being delivered, being translated from the kingdom of darkness into his kingdom. And that joy is what will make us endure and despise the shame. And in building with patience, we always need to remember the joy. So I always tell people in relationship that my advice, I remember someone came to me and said, oh, Papa, give me, I have only one advice for you. I said, never lose your joy in the relationship. Never lose your joy. Right now, see the way you are joyful to pick his call. See the way you are joyful to chat with him. A time would come that even when he says hello, you'll be angry. And when that time comes, remember the joy you had. When he said, would you be my babe? And your face was smiling like the moon <laughs> jumping. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say. But just remember the joy you felt when he came to ask you out. Remember the joy when he took your number. Hey, remember the joy when you wore your makeup and you started to go for an outing. Hey, remember that joy. Because times would come that he would annoy you, he would provoke you. <laughs> There's a story I heard of a woman who was giving the husband supper. And then the rice, she had cooked rice in the rice cooker. But the stew, Charlie, she was feeling lazy to defrost the stew. So she just dished the stew and put it on the rice. And the husband came, saw the rice looking all smoky in the flames. Ah, he took one spoon, he realized that, oh, the rice was warm, but the stew is very cold. And the wife said, my friend, wait for the rice would warm the stew. <laughs> She has forgotten the joy she had when the guy put the ring on his finger. She has forgotten the joy when she was walking down the aisle. She has forgotten the joy when they were doing their choreography dance. She had forgotten the joy. But tonight, God is saying that if you are going to build in the year 2022, regardless of the frustrations and the delays and the notes that we are receiving, remember the joy that is set before you. And verse 3 says that consider Jesus... He has done all these things. We said, consider him who endured the contradiction of sinners against himself. To build with patience, you would endure contradiction of sinners. So almost always, anybody who is doing something good is always accused of doing something bad. Look at Moses. He came to save the Israelites. They accused him of coming to kill them. Look at Jesus. He came to save us. 
but we are accusing him of infringing on our rights god as he wants us to enjoy he wants us to be like robots the man who is giving us freedom the man who said choose this day whom you said the man who said i've given you the tree of life and the tree of death we are accusing god of being a dictator but the bible says remember jesus who endured the contradiction liars were calling him a liar hey look at scribes and pharisees calling jesus the lord of the flies you know flies they are always around in fecal matter and they are calling jesus the lord of adam meaning evil spirits look at pharisees and scribes <laughs> he endured the contradiction that is why for example pastors they always suffer contradiction these people are gifts of god unto us but we always accuse them of their coming for our money of being in business of them being like of the is a, a contradiction and the writer is letting us know consider jesus remember a servant can never be greater than his master so consider jesus he endured this if you consider this we will not be weary and faint in your minds as you are building the tendency will come you just feel tired you just feel exhausted the contradiction should be too much and even last week as we are energized to build for the first week we may be building the second week we may be building but not too long we start feeling tired we start feeling faint in our minds that our mental energy will just be drained and is saying that consider Jesus he built with patience consider him and do not go where and faint in your mind this is God's word for us that the word of faith is not complete because faith goes with patience and in building in achieving that vision for the year 2022 and achieving that vision for your life today I was with my mates my mate was the father I was with her and she was just saying that hey it has been so so and so years since we finished university and she looks at her life and said ah if somebody had told me oh and I told her actually do not draw back the profession of your faith the faith we are confessing on campus still keep confessing it because we are building with patience and i like the way she was even though she was a bit down she was still encouraged because she knows that it takes one day for our father our generous father our father who gives good gifts who gives good gifts good and perfect gifts to come so tonight god wants us not to be weary and faint in our minds because in building is going to be a long journey it's going to be a tiring journey a frustrating journey but remember the joy we don't want to spend some time we want to encourage ourselves in the lord even as we are building with patience we don't want to go where we can speak to god encourage yourself encourage yourself you want to do as david did speak to your soul say hey my soul why are thou down why are thou discussed within me have hope in god speak to your soul the bible says that you should self speaking to yourself speak to yourself tell your soul that soul do not be down so do not be weary oh so do not be faced by the frustrations of life by the delays of life my soul have faith in god my soul have faith in god because faithful is he who has promised the faithful witness jesus is called the faithful witness he is called the one with the keys of david the one who opens doors that no one can shut and the one who closes doors that no one can open and it is this man it is this man 
that our faith is in. Speak to your soul. Refuse to be discouraged. Refuse to be discouraged. Refuse to be discouraged. Refuse to be discouraged. Speak to your soul. Say, soul, arise up within me. We are building the vision. We are running with patience. We are enduring the shame. We are despising not the shame. We are enduring the cross because of the joy that when we stand before God, he would embrace us and say, good and faithful servants, the joy of standing with God, the joy of ruling with God. Speak to your soul every delay hour. That seems to suck the life out of you. God is saying that we build with patience. We build with patience. You will build your marriage with patience. You will build your finances with patience. You will build your health with patience. You will build your company with patience. You will build your brand with patience. You will build your relationship with patience. God is saying, keep on building. Keep on building. And what you will need is patience. Speak to your soul. That soul have hope in God. Because I'm confident of this very thing. That he who has begun a good work in you, he shall com- he shall perfect it. He shall complete it on the day of our Lord Jesus. We thank God for such an opportunity. We thank God for time in His presence. We thank God for reminding us that we should live for the joy that is set before us. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for ourselves and all our listeners. Father, we pray that everybody who is feeling weary and weak in their mind, we pray for the release of strength. That Father, strengthen us with might in our inner man, that we will run with patience the race that is set before us. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen. We thank God for this opportunity. We thank God for His word. We thank God for His word. And we encourage you that continue to listen, continue to come and receive strength and receive grace and faith through this word. And keep on inviting people. And don't forget to visit our YouTube channel. We have so much over there. God is just encouraging us. God is just encouraging us that we will live the Christian life in the name of our Lord Jesus. We are still giving God our very best. And we are only no man, nothing but love. See you next week. Even as we begin our series, God willing. Bye bye.